Hello and welcome to the Adventures of Paul Temple from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. We present Peter Cook as Paul Temple and Marjorie Westbury as Steve in Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case, the new Francis Durbridge serial in eight parts. Episode 7, The Note. After I left the club tonight, I made a telephone call to an old associate of mine. You'll notice I use the word associate and not friend. Go on, baby. His name is Westerman. He was a friend of Mrs. Talbot's. In fact, it was through Westerman that she came to La Motella. Yes. For consideration, Westerman is prepared to tell you all about Mrs. Talbot and her association with Betty Wayne. He might even be persuaded to tell you about other things, Temple. What does Westerman call a consideration? You'll have to discuss it with him yourself. I've taken the liberty of making an appointment for you. For when? Tomorrow night at 10 o'clock. Is that convenient? Yes, that's convenient. At your flat or La Motella? Neither. I'm afraid you'll have to go out of town to Reading. Reading? Yes. Can't your friend get up to London for an hour or so? I suggested that, of course, but he won't hear of it. Very well. Give me the address. There's no need for that. I'll drive you down. All right. Pick me up just before nine. Please, don't say anything about this to anyone else, especially Sir Graham Forbes. Fabian... When I first asked you about Mrs. Talbot, you said you knew nothing about her, but now you admit you were lying. Were you also lying about Hamilton? I've told you I've never even heard of Hamilton. You described Mr. Westerman as an associate. Do you mean he's in business with you? He was. But I called him an associate because I didn't want you to think he was a friend of mine. Is Westerman blackmailing you? Yes. For money? No. I was in partnership with him. We had an agency business. Then we had a row and decided to split up. Eighteen months later, I went into business on my own and opened La Mortella. Yes? About a year after the club opened, I had a letter from Westerman asking me to go down to Reading. When I saw him, he said he wanted me to make certain friends of his members of La Mortella. Two of them had actually already applied for membership, and I had turned them down. Why? Because... If you want to run a successful nightclub, Mrs. Temple, you have to be very careful of your clientele. Yes, I suppose so. Well, for certain reasons, I had to do what Westerman wanted. Mrs. Talbot was made a member, so was Betty Wayne, Brenda Sterling, and a girl called June Michael. I see. And what about Mr. Reynolds? Reynolds? Was he a friend of Westerman? Oh, no. Lance Reynolds is one of our original members. In any case... One can't object to Reynolds, surely. On what grounds would you object to Betty Wayne? She drinks too much. Isn't that good for business? Up to a point. And she goes beyond that point? Sometimes. Was Howard Gilbert one of your members? No, but he came to the club once or twice. With Reynolds or Miss Sterling? I believe Reynolds, I'm not sure. Mr. Fabian, you don't think Westerman is using your club as a sort of headquarters? I mean, if he was mixed up with Mrs. Talbot... That's exactly what I wondered, Mrs. Temple. I also wondered... If Westerman was responsible for the disappearance of Miss Ferguson. Who told you that Miss Ferguson was attached to Scotland Yard? Westerman. And you believed him? His information's usually pretty good. 
especially where the police are concerned. What exactly was your business with Westerman? I told you, we had an agency. Yes, but what kind of an agency? We, we bought and sold things. Did you deal in drugs? Good heavens, no. Whatever makes you ask that? Because that's why Miss Ferguson was watching La Mortella. For drugs? Yes. Scotland Yard suspected that your club was being used as a centre. But that's absurd. Why on earth should this think that? I don't know. But they did. Well, it must be nearly two o'clock, so unless there's anything else... Yes, of course. I, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realise it was so late. I'll see you tonight, then. Yes. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. I thought he was never going. Yeah. I didn't realise it was so late. Would you like some of this coffee? Yes, I think I would. Might as well drink it. I don't feel a bit sleepy no, now. No, neither do I. Oh, oh. I was just thinking, Steve. Mm-hmm. If I'd taken no notice of Sterling and we'd gone on that holiday, I should probably have been in Paris by now. Yes, we might even have got as far as Dijon. Ah, Dijon. Mm-hmm. I know this is jolly good coffee. <laughs> It was meant for Mr. Fabian. Well, in that case, I'm glad I got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Paul, do you believe that story of his? You mean about Westerman? Yes. Did you? I'm rather dubious. Rather dubious? <laughs> What's happened to that good old intuition of yours? What do you mean? It was a pack of lies from start to finish. There isn't a Mr. Westerman. There never has been a Mr. Westerman. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Paul, I know you hate to be asked pointed questions, especially at this stage. No, but... far ahead. Ask me anything you like. I'm in a very good mood. Yes, you certainly are. Well, do you think Fabian is the man we are looking for? The man you're looking for, darling, or the man I'm looking for? Now, you know perfectly well what I mean. <laughs> is Fabian Mr. Hamilton? Ah, that's a pretty pointed question. I told you I was going to ask pointed questions. That's quite right, darling, you did. Look, Paul, who murdered Brenda Sterling? Was it Howard Gilbert or someone else? Someone else. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Did the same person murder Mrs. Talbot? Yes. That visit we made to the reference library was quite a lucky break, wasn't it? Quite a lucky break. Paul, I think I know who it is. Do you, Steve? Yes. What are you going to do next, darling? I don't know. But I know what I'm not going to do. What's that? I'm not going down to Reading. Here, Paul, he wants a word with you. Yes, all right. Where's Charlie? He's in the kitchen. Why? I want to see him for a moment. Oh, and Steve? Yes? Will you do something for me? What is it? I've written Miss Wayne a note. I want to make certain that she gets it sometime today. Would you take it down to Conway and Races? What, now? Yes, it's pretty urgent. Why can't Charlie take it? Because he doesn't know Miss Wayne, and I want to be absolutely certain that it's handed to the right person. Why don't you phone her? Because I've written a note, darling. Hmm? Here you are. All right. I've got to do some shopping anyway. Uh, don't wait for a reply, Steve. Just say it's from me and that it's very urgent. All right, I'll be back sometime this afternoon, possibly about uh, four. Oh, and Steve, yes? keep out of the hat department. <laughs> Charlie. Yes? Mr. Semper wants you within the study. It's all right, Mr. Steve. Good morning, Inspector. Good morning, Temple. Now sit down, won't you? Would you care for a drink? No, thank you. Well, now, what can I do for you? I've been talking to Miss Ferguson, and there are one or two details I'd like to check. Yes? 
Were you and Mrs. Temple actually here when Miss Ferguson arrived? No, we turned up shortly afterwards. Mm. Charlie was going out, and when he opened the door, Miss Ferguson was on the doorstep. Uh, did she say anything? Well, I believe she asked for me. She was in a pretty bad way, you know. Yes, so I understand. How is she this morning? Oh, very much better. I need hardly tell you I take rather a dim view of this Ferguson episode. Yes, I rather thought you would. If I'd known that she'd been instructed to watch La Mortella, I'd never have gone near the place. But her investigations had nothing whatever to do with the Gilbert case. How do you know? Sir Graham told me. Oh. She was watching La Mortella because the special branch thought the club was being used as a drug centre. And you think that's got nothing to do with the Gilbert case? Well, has it? In my opinion, yes. Really? Why, it's interesting. Temple, look. When Brenda Sterling was murdered, her shoe was missing, correct? Correct. When Mrs. Talbot was murdered, her shoe was missing. Correct. Now, in my opinion, both these women were carrying a supply of drugs, and it's my bet that the stuff was concealed in the shoe. In the heel? Yes. But, Inspector, I don't know if Sir Graham told you what happened to Miss Ferguson. He did finally decide to confide in me. Well, she was abducted and put through what was almost third degree. But when she finally broke down and told them that she was investigating possible drug smuggling, they completely lost interest in her and she was released. And what does that prove? Uh, that once they knew that, they were no longer worried. Couldn't that have been a blind? What do you mean? Well, isn't it possible that you're thinking exactly what they want you to think? What? They question Miss Ferguson about her activities, they learn that she's investigating a possible traffic in drugs... And they profess to be completely disinterested. Yes, I see what you mean. Well, it adds up, Temple. They release the girl, knowing perfectly well that she's convinced they've nothing whatever to do with the drug traffic, and that ten to one she'll convince us. Mm. It's quite an idea, Inspector. Oh, we do get ideas occasionally, you know. <laughs> well, let's take your theory a step further. How does Fabian fit into the picture? Well, if I'm right, Fabian's the head of the whole outfit. And he murdered Brenda Sterling? Well, I wouldn't say that. But it's possible that Gilbert was an associate of Fabian's. And actually did commit the murder? Mm, yes. Then how do you account for the statement that Galeno made? I can't. But he now says that Mrs. Talbot wasn't with him the night Brenda Sterling was murdered. I'm afraid, whichever way you look at it, he's a pretty unreliable witness. No, I don't know. He must have been considered a pretty important one, otherwise he wouldn't have been beaten up. Yes. Yes, that's true. And it's only since he was beaten up that he's changed his mind. Exactly. Inspector, forgive my asking, but are you married? No. I'm a bachelor. Why do you ask? Well, I... I wondered, that's all. But you must have had a reason for asking a question like that. Yes, I had a reason. Well? I think it's possible that your life is in danger. Why do you say that? Because of what happened to Miss Ferguson? Partly. And partly because of what happened to my wife and me in Darlington Street. You mean when your car was shot to pieces? Yes. Well, if I'm in danger, it's all part of the job. There's nothing I can do about it. You can be on your guard, Inspector. Don't accept invitations, especially on the spur of the moment. I'm afraid I don't understand you. Fabian came here last night and told me that a man called Westerman could give me vital information about Mrs. Torbert and the murder of Brenda Sterling. Westerman? He's a new character. I've never heard of him. No, I don't expect you have. According to Fabian, he lives at Reading. And Fabian suggested that we went out there this evening. I accepted the invitation, but I haven't the slightest intention of going. Why not? Because I'm convinced that Westerman doesn't exist. The whole thing is a trap. Have you any reason for thinking that? I have. Did someone warn you? Yes. And I'm warning you, Inspector. 
Don't accept any invitations, particularly from Louis Fabian. But if you don't keep the appointment, Temple, he's hardly likely to come to me with precisely the same story. On the contrary, I think that's exactly what he'll do. And that's why I'm warning you. Why? Well, don't you see? If he thinks I'm suspicious, he daren't let the matter drop. He'll have to pursue it, otherwise it would look more suspicious than ever. Yes. Excuse me. Hello? Yes, Paul Temple speaking. Oh, hello, Reynolds. Yes. Yes, he did, as a matter of fact. Yes, last night, or rather this morning. No, no, of course I'm not. Yes. Thank you. Yes, I'll do that. Goodbye. Was that Lance Reynolds? Yes. Fellows are confounded nuisance. Hardly a day passes without him ringing Scotland Yard. Yes, but if I'm ever accused of murder, I hope I have a friend like Reynolds. What do you mean? Well, he's certainly standing by Howard Gilbert. Yes, but he doesn't think Gilbert did it. A lot of people don't, but they're not doing anything about it. If you ask me, there are too many people interfering in this case. Reynolds, Sterling, Miss Ferguson... Paul Temple. <laughs> well, you said it first. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really very grateful for any help you can give us, Temple. Ah. I am a little annoyed about Miss Ferguson because I think Sir Graham ought to have taken me into his confidence before. However, I suppose, strictly speaking, she wasn't working on the Gilbert case. Well, I must be going. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask you. When you first described Lance Reynolds to me, you said he was about 45 or 6, had private means, was interested in the ladies, and was a very keen photographer. Yes. How did you know he was a keen photographer? Have you ever been to his flat? No. He's got photographs all over the place. I should think he must have taken thousands of them. Hmm. Does he develop them himself, do you know? I should imagine so. Why do you ask? Oh, I... I wondered, that's all. Well, thanks for dropping in, Inspector. Let me know how Miss Ferguson gets on. Yes, I will indeed. Oh, and if you do get an invitation from Fabian... Uh, don't worry. Forewarned is forearmed. Did you ring, sir? Yes. I don't think much of this tea, Charlie. What did you put in it? Oh, just the usual, sir. Mm, it's not very good. Well, I usually make a very nice cup of tea, sir. I'm glad you think so. Is Mrs. Temple back yet? No, sir. Oh, she's very late. Well, it's only just gone five. Yes, I know, but she said she'd be back. But Oh, there she is. Hello. Oh, hello, Steve. I was just beginning to wonder... Darling, what is it? What's the matter? I'm all right, Paul, but I've been in a car accident. Car accident? Oh, is that a cup of tea? It's okay, Mrs. Temple. I'll see to it. Steve, you all right? Yes, yes, I'm all right now. I've been pretty badly shaken, that's all. But what happened? Were you in a taxi? No, someone gave me a lift. Oh, thank you, Charlie. Mmm. Mmm. This is heaven. Would, would you like something stronger? Perhaps a drop of brandy or something? No, no, this is lovely, Charlie. Heavenly cup of tea. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Temple. You do make wonderful tea, Charlie. Well, I've always thought so, Mrs. Temple. Still, it's nice to be told. Would you like another cup, sir? No, thank you. That'll be all, Charlie. Yes, sir. Are you feeling better now? Yes, sir, thank you. Well, what happened? Well, I suppose I'd better start at the beginning. No, 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 no. You, you said you accepted a lift from someone. Yes, Mr. Reynolds. Reynolds? Yes, but what on earth did you accept to lift from... <laughs> Darling, don't you think I'd better start at the beginning? Yes, all right. Well, when I arrived at Comrade Races, the first person I saw was Betty Wade, and she mm. was just getting into the lift, so I got in too. Did you give her my... Yes, 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 I gave her the note, and she read it and put it in her handbag. 
Well, didn't she say anything? Never a word. Did she show you the note or tell you what was in it? No, but whatever it was, it certainly seemed to shake her. She dropped her handbag twice, got out of the lift without saying goodbye. Anyway, after that, I went downstairs. I stayed there until about half past twelve, and then I went into the restaurant. Mm -hmm. I left there at about quarter to two, and bumped, I mean literally bumped, into Lance Reynolds. We chatted for a few moments, and then I went up to the library and changed the books. I suppose I must have stayed there until about half past two. Yes, go on. Well, I had a manicure appointment at half past two, so I went up to the third floor and bumped straight into Reynolds again. Was it deliberate? I mean, was he following you? No, no, I don't think so. Not for a moment. Well? Well, they kept me waiting for the manicure, and I didn't leave there until about half past three. I took the lift to the ground floor, and the first person I saw was Lance Reynolds. Oh, really? <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Temple. Are you following me or am I following you? It's beginning to look very suspicious. <laughs> I suppose if we'd arranged to meet, we shouldn't have found each other. Well, that's about it. Are you on your way home? Yes. Well, can I offer you a lift? Oh, no, thank you. It's quite all right. Have you got the car? No, as a matter of fact, I haven't. Well, you'll have the dickens of a job getting a taxi at this time of the afternoon on Pellier Square, isn't it? Yes. Hmm, I can drop you easily. If you're sure, it's not out of your way. No, 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 no. It's a pleasure. Here, let me take your parcel. Thank you very much. Through here. My car's outside. Well, this is awfully kind of you. Not at all. I'm rather glad we bumped into each other. Oh, why? Well, the first time we met, I had the horrid feeling that we didn't quite, well, see eye to eye. The eye to eye? What about? Well, nothing in particular, but I felt you'd taken rather a dislike to me. Oh, well, that isn't quite the same thing. I frequently don't see eye to eye with my husband, but we certainly don't dislike each other. <laughs> I'm afraid I've expressed myself rather badly. I, um, well, the fact is I was in rather a bad mood when I brought that letter to your house the other night. Uh, by the way, what happened about the letter? Did your husband discuss it with Inspector Kingston? Yes, I believe so. I know he discussed it with Howard Gilbert. How did you know that? Because Howard wrote to me. Oh. We were very good friends, you know, Miss Temple. We still are. Of course. That letter seemed to me frightfully important. After all, her diary proved that Brenda did know someone called Fairfax. Yes. yes. Traffic seems to get worse every day. Yes. We'll soon be careful. Did you see Miss Wayne this afternoon? Uh, this morning. We had lunch together. I gather you delivered a message from your husband. A note, uh, yes. Uh, you happen to know what was in the note? No, I'm afraid I don't. Didn't Miss Wayne tell you? Yes. As a matter of fact, she did. <laughs> Why are you asking me? I simply wanted to know if you knew. <laughs> what was in it? Ah, you'll have to ask your husband, Mrs. Temple. <laughs> Incidentally, give him my regards when you see him and tell him I, um, I gave you a lift home. Yes, of course. It's funny how one can form a definite opinion of a person before meeting them... And then find that they're, well, not quite what you expected. Do you mean my husband? Yes. When I met him for the first time, I was surprised to find the that... The car's trying to cut Well, in. there's plenty of room. I was saying I met your husband for Look the first out. time. What a stupid ass. What are you trying to do? We're going to hit the curb. Terrible, sorry. Are you all right, Mrs. Temple? Yes, yes I, I think so. That's silly. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. No, 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 of course it wasn't. He tried to force you off the road. What happened to him? He made a pretty quick getaway. Did you get his number? No, I'm afraid I didn't. Was it done deliberately, do you think? Well, it certainly looked very much like you. 
Oh, Lord, here's the strong arm of the law. Now for a confounded rigmarole. Look, you um, you better get out to the side, Mrs. Temple. It looks as if your door's jammed. I think it is, yes. After I'd made a statement, I took a cab and then came straight home. But say, Reynolds kept his temper very well after all the accident. It wasn't his fault. No. Did you see the driver? Yes, but I wouldn't recognize him again. It was an open car. He was wearing a scarf and a pair of sunglasses. Oddly enough, I saw the car at Hyde Park Corner, but I didn't take any particular notice of it. He was probably tailing you. Yes, in view of what happened, I think he must have been. You know, I'm sure he did it deliberately. Yes. Steve, you don't know how lucky you are. I've got a pretty good idea. It was my side of the car that he very nearly... I'll take it. Right. Probably Reynolds. He said he'd ring to see if I got home all right. Hello? Yes? Oh, hello, Miss Wayne. No, he's here now, if you'd like to have a word with him. Betty Wayne, she wants to talk to you. I'm awfully hit up about something. You surprise me. Hello, Miss Wayne. Yes? Yes, I know. I've just been hearing about it. My wife was with him. Didn't he tell you that? No, no, no. Just a coincidence. Yes, I think so, too. Hmm? Uh, the sooner the better. Do you want to come here, or shall I... All right, I'll be there in 20 minutes. Goodbye. Well? My note did the trick. I thought it would. Well, what was in that note? Would you like to see a copy of it? I certainly would. Uh, here you are. Why, Paul! Oh, don't look so staggered, darling. And now I'm going to see her. Are you coming? Just try and stop me. Oh, they don't be long. I want to get there as quickly as possible. Is she going to talk? I hope so, Steve. I sincerely hope so. how you knew the accident was going to happen. When I got your note, I thought you were just trying to convince me Miss that... Wayne, we've been here 15 minutes and you haven't told me anything I don't already know. Now, if you don't intend to confide in me, please say so. Well, what do you want me to tell you? Who killed Brenda Sterling? We, we can't talk here. You know Well, then Sterling... why didn't you come to my place? I suggested it. Oh, no, I didn't want to come to your house because I should only... Oh, I'm sorry to have dragged you here. I shouldn't have phoned you. I only did it because... Because you were desperate and thought I might help you? Well, perhaps I can. Look, you needn't worry about Sterling overhearing our conversation. <laughs> He's not in his flat, and we told the porter to ring you the moment he arrives. All right. Howard Gilbert didn't murder Brenda Sterling. It's true they went to the theatre that night and that they had a row, but... But that's not why she was murdered. Now we're getting somewhere. Go on. It's a long story, and I... I don't know where to begin. You, you see, when Brenda Sterling first started to work at Conley and Racy's... Suppose we I start w with the Cordoba robbery. The Cordoba robbery? Yes. Then, then you know. I've suspected it for some time, but I wasn't sure. But Paul, what do you mean, the, the Cordoba robbery? And about a year ago, during Ascot Week, a diamond pendant was stolen from a wealthy South American called Mrs. Cordoba. Oh, yes, yes, I remember. She was staying at the Ritz, and the pendant, a, a cluster of rubies with three large matching diamonds, was reputed to be worth a quarter of a million dollars. The Yard investigated, but the pendant was never recovered. Well, now you go on, Miss Wayne. Well, Mrs. Cordoba often came to Conway and races. Mm -hmm. Well, I sold her literally dozens of dresses. And then, uh, 
One day she gave a party, and she invited two or three of the girls from the shop. Two or three? Well, Brenda, June Michael, and myself. Uh-huh. Go on. We went to the party, and we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. As a matter of fact, that's where I first met Louis Fabian and Lance Reynolds. It was also the first time I saw the pendant. An exciting evening for you. Yes, it was. Well, next morning, Brenda, June and I naturally talked about the party and the people we'd seen there. June said it was all wrong that one person should have so much money, and if someone decided to take Mrs. Cordoba for a ride, she certainly wouldn't lose any sleep over it. <laughs> Brenda and I laughed, of course. We, we thought it was just a joke. What sort of a person was June Michael? She was an extremely good-looking girl and an excellent model. But she just had no idea of the value of money. Well, about a week after the party, the Cordoba pendant was stolen. Naturally, the papers were full of it, and Brenda, June, and I were pretty excited. We felt that having actually met Mrs. Cordoba and seen the pendant, we were, well, part of the whole thing. Yes, of course. And then, about a fortnight after the robbery, June was taken ill. She, when she came back to the shop, she looked as if she'd had a, a pretty bad time of it. She said she'd caught a germ of some sort and that she'd also been upset by the sudden death of a close friend. Brenda asked her who the friend was, but she didn't tell us. Well, she seemed to be her old self again quite soon. Oh, well, I say she was herself, but actually she was more independent. And there were times when she'd suddenly get quite impudent. On one occasion, well, I, I just had to report her to the manager. Go on. Well, of course, she was annoyed about this, and for several days we didn't speak. And then, about a week later, June asked me round to her flat. Well, I was rather glad that she decided to, well, bury the hatchet. And when I arrived, I was surprised to find that she'd prepared quite an elaborate dinner, and, and, and there was a, a maid in the kitchen, and, well, the whole setup seemed to be strangely luxurious. Anyway, it was obvious that she wanted to be friends again. After dinner, there were just the two of us, June made a, a brief reference to her friend. The one who had died? Yes. She said that he was a stockbroker and had left her 3,000 pounds. And I said, well, that was a very nice windfall, but it would be well, very soon disappear. She gave many expensive dinner parties. And she just laughed and said, don't worry, Betty, there's plenty more where that came from. Plenty more where that came from? Yes. And just as I was leaving, she gave me a parcel and said, this is for you, Betty. It's just a little present, darling. I took the parcel home, but I was so tired I didn't open it until the next morning. Yes. Well, you, you'll never guess what was inside that parcel, Mr. Temple. I know what was inside it. A pair of shoes. <laughs> seventh episode of Paul Temple and the Gilbert Case by Francis Durbridge, the cast was as follows. Paul Temple, Peter Cook, Steve, Marjorie Westbury, Louis Fabian, Olaf Olsen, Charlie, James Beattie, 
Detective Inspector Kingston, Duncan McIntyre, Lance Reynolds, Richard Williams, Betty Wayne, Griselda Harvey. The production was by Martin C. Webster.